And how fitting today, on a day when we are rallying to save the built environment of our city, how appropriate is it that we should acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land? The first peoples of this nation who had custodianship for tens of thousands of years, who nurtured and cared for this land, this land that we stand on today, how appropriate is it we acknowledge that great custodianship and pay our respects to elders past and present? Today we have a lineup of um, outstanding speakers to address the rally to save this building, to um, engage in the campaign to protect our heritage. I'd first of all like to call on Joan Lemaire to um, address us as the Senior Vice President of the Teachers Federation. But before I do, two apologies. Federation President Maury Mulheron is currently representing Australian teacher unions at a meeting in Washington to address issues of major importance to the worldwide public education movement, um, to stop the intrusion of for-profit companies coming into public education in what we call edgy businesses. So apologies for Morrie, and he wished us well today. I also have an apology from the shadow Labor Minister for Education, Ryan Park. As um, we could expect, Ryan is fully engaged in his electorate today. He has pressing local electorate commitments, but he did pass on his message of support for this campaign and um, in tendering his apology. So I'd like to acknowledge that as well. I'll now call on Joan Lemaire, Senior Vice President of the Federation, to address you. Friends and comrades, we're here today to fight for our heritage. We're here today from all parts of New South Wales as teachers defending the public education system represented by this beautiful building here. I'm a history teacher and I can't get away today without giving you a little bit of history. It's from history that we learn and from history that we create a better future. The first part of this building on Bridge Street was finalised in 1915. It showed the commitment of the government at that time to a new state, a new part of the country, developing and investing in public education. For years before, there'd been disparate schools, no proper system, religious schools, non-denominational schools, schools competing with each other and then in the many towns no schools at all. So the government decided that it needed to have a centrally organised public education system and it put the money in to a beautiful building like this to show the commitment, to show the commitment of a government with the Parliament House just down the road to actually having a system that would provide free, secular and compulsory education to all the students of New South Wales. It was from this building that they led the new education movement in 1915, the movement that was to ensure consistency of primary teaching across the state through a national syllabus, through a state syllabus, sorry, 
It was also to provide secondary education. They knew that New South Wales could not grow, could not develop without a strong public education system. The marbled halls, the beautiful panelled walls show the commitment to a centralised system that delivered across the state. The Wyndham scheme in 1977 saw the growth of schooling across New South Wales to such an extent that this part of the building, the Department of Agriculture, actually was taken over by the Department of Education. The heart of the public education system was here. And while at times we can disagree with policies and procedures emanating from this building, what we respect is the fact that there is a system, a system that unites us, a system that delivers education to our students across the state. In 1988, though, the Griner government attacked public education. Their policies were to cut the number of teachers and cut the support provided centrally for schools. There was a loss of jobs, but more importantly, they decided to close this symbol of public education. In 1990, they closed this down and they moved staff out. They had devolutionary policies that sought to divert the responsibility for public education onto individual schools, making the government free of any obligation to our students and our state. Well, they lost that battle. We, the Federation and the community, fought that battle. We got the 2,500 jobs back and we got our building back in 1996. We've grown and developed from them. We know, though, that the Baird government is actually pursuing policies exactly the same as the Griner government's. They've gutted the support to schools, support from this head office, support from the regional offices. And now, in a sleight of hand, they announced that they are proposing to sell this building or lease it for 99 years, which is no different, allow the redevelopment for high-end hotel luxury accommodation. And the goal of the Minister for Finance who announced this was to actually say, what a waste to have bureaucrats in the centre of the CBD in this prime real estate. Absolutely disgusting. Those people, not bureaucrats, teachers, administrators that work here, help us help our public education function. Without this central core, we would be those competing schools that existed before 1915. Shame on the, the government for suggesting that a public institution like this is not an asset. The Minister for Finance also had the gall to say that by actually closing it down as a public institution and opening it up as a hotel, it would be open to the public. What rot! It's not open to the public, it's owned by the public. It delivers! It delivers for the public, not only the students of today, but the students of yesterday, like myself and all of you, and the students of tomorrow. We're going to fight for this building. We're going to fight for our historical and educational heritage. And let it be known 
that whoever wants to invest in this will put up with us all the time protesting, campaigning against these changes. Today we mark the beginning of that campaign by circulating a petition. We hope to get thousands and thousands of signatures, but at the very least 10,000 signatures on that petition will force the parliament to actually debate this issue rather than let our public assets be sold without our approval. Thank you for coming today. We're up for a fight. Let's go for it. Let's protect our heritage. Let's protect our public assets and fight for public education. Thank you, Joan. If that's an iconic building, I'm about to introduce someone whom we regard as an iconic figure in Australian history. One of the greatest union, community and heritage activists this country has produced. His name is Jack Mundy. If ever there's a leader who has stood up and fought against the powers of privilege in the interests of working people having a decent standard of living, the rights to a quality environment, democratic and civil rights, protection of our heritage, protection of the natural and the built environment, um, Jack Mundy's the person. And we well remember all of those battles that have been fought in the past and the contribution that Jack has made to preserving this city and its heritage against the developers and the march of profit before people. So it's my great pleasure today to introduce Jack Mundy to you. Well, I think at uh, 85 years of age, I might make that my last, might make this my last speech. Because, because, because that introduction, uh, you know, my, my arrogance is exploding, isn't it? But uh, it's a great pleasure to be here because two unions that were always close together were the Builders Labourers Federation and the Teachers Federation. And we've fought some great fights together over the long years. Well to remember that the Askin period, even before the idea of selling off, off this, was to knock it down. And it should be remembered that it was the, T it was the National Trust, together with the Builders Labourers, that imposed the first green ban on the, all, all of the sandstone buildings in Sydney. All of these buildings that are here, all would have gone had the Askin got his way. But then, as we found, some, sometime the Labor Party behaves much the same way. And so you've had many pe people in the Labor Party leadership who also hurt. In the car period, improvement came with uh, more concern, both, both in the car and the REN period. Environment and, and heritage took it up, went upstairs for a while. But now we're going back again. So it seems to me that uh, the remnants of the builders' labourers, the now called the CFMEU, and the Teachers' Federation have got a role to play. And I think that even though the union movement generally has been greatly dissipated in the years between, I think it is, 
issues like this that can bring the union moves together. And I'd like to see Unions New South Wales play a leading role in this, because I think that if they do, they'll improve the role of unions and the status of unions in this country. So I want to say that uh, let's all get together and fight hard. Let's say that this is the beginning, because after all this stolen, I think that the Labor Party in this election have got to stand up a bit more. After all, I think they've got to see that they're allies of the Greens, not Labor Party have got to work with the Greens. And, put, uh, and, and, use, and use the old slogan, let's all get and put the Liberals last. And that should, and that should be, and that should be the core leading up to the elections on 28. So let's resolve today to fight this this side of the election, and let the new government that comes in to know that we'll be back to continue the fight after it's elected. Thanks, Jack. Our next speaker is Ken Stevenson. Ken is Secretary-Treasurer of the Teachers Subbranch of the RSL. Ken's a former school science and maths teacher and uh, held a head teacher maths position at Sydney TAFE at Ultimo. Ken's currently working on a history of the teacher soldiers who went to war in World War I and um, he continues to contribute to that cause. And uh, it's my great pleasure to introduce Ken to you today. This is more than just a building. For the teachers RSL sub-branch, it is a spiritual home for those teachers who went to war not just in the First World War, but in all the conflicts that have ensued. There are 12 memorials inside that building and at the front foyer in Bridge Street. There are 11 honour boards and there is a book of remembrance. It's more though than just a list of names. The names are just tags. They represent lives. They re represent histories. They represent real people. Frederick Skevington was born in 1894. He was educated at Tempe Public School and Sydney Boys High and at the Teachers College. He enlisted in August 1914 as soon as war was declared. He was still a student at the Teachers College at that time. He was at the first Anzac Day on Gallipoli and he was killed on that day at the landing. We could go on with many, many more, as indeed I am doing, as Gary has said, but not today. The World War I honour board inside the building was dedicated in 1921 by the then governor, Sir Walter Day, excuse me, Davidson. He said it expressed the gratitude of the nation. And it was a great example, he said, to generations of pupils that these teachers would sacrifice their life, their career and their families. Even those who came back were often a mess, weren't they not? And so they made a sacrifice too, not just those who died. He said words to the effect that their, ne 
their deeds must never be forgotten. The memorials on the walls of the department will ever remind the future generations. But friends, I'd put it to you, remembrance does not come by osmosis. It does not come easily. Remembrance has to be worked at. It has to be a deliberate act and a deliberate attitude. As Joan has reminded us, in 1990, the building was sold. The honour boards were removed to the Fanny Cohen Memorial Hall on Observatory Hill. They were observable, but only if you needed a chiropractor. They were practically unreadable because of the height at which they were installed. The Director General of the time, Fenton Sharp, is recorded in print saying that the boards needed a rededication in their new location and he agreed to that and that it would happen sometime later in 1990. Guess what? Never happened. Bureaucratic political moves of the time overshadowed everything. Sounds familiar. And as Joan has reminded you, in 1996 it all came back. The memorial came back to their home. Unfortunately, they took a few diversions along the way. They were taken to wrong locations. This sort of indicates the spirit of remembrance that we can expect from bureaucracies, unless we are vigilant. So we've got another Tory government wanting to sell. The assurances are starting to come to me and people associated with me that all will be well with the, mon the, mon the uh, memorial boards. They will be secure, they will be preserved, there will be access. I'm sorry, I can't accept this at face value. The teacher's sub-branch is not convinced. We view this as a sacred place. At our meeting on the 3rd of March, only about 10 days or so ago, it was clearly, clearly stated with feeling that this is a spiritual home for the memories of these men and it should not be a matter of moving to another place. You may be interested to know that one of the people at that meeting was Dr Ken Boston, a former Director General of Education and uh, he subscribes to that wholeheartedly. So this building is historically and spiritually significant. The soldiers didn't go to war because they wanted money, but money, the dollar, seems to be clouding their memory. In finishing, let me give you an anecdote from me. One of my duties in Vietnam at one stage was to uh, fly in an Iroquois without lights over the jungle and playing a tape, huge, out, huge speakers from the uh, skids of the chopper and we played a most uh, blood-curdling tape. It was called Wandering Soul. And it was alleged to represent the spirit of a Viet Cong soldier not able to rest or find peace because, of course, he was fighting on the wrong side. I do not want the memories of these men to become like wandering spirits, not finding a home. This is their home and they must stay. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Now, Jack Mundy 
um, wasn't to um, know who was on our speakers list today. And I can assure you, Jack, that Unions New South Wales is with us today at this rally. It's my pleasure to introduce Mark Lennon, Secretary of Unions New South Wales. Mark, Mark has um, led the campaigns to defend and promote workers' rights, to fight for social justice, and to currently lead the Unions New South Wales campaign, New South Wales Not For Sale. I introduce Mark. Thanks, Gary, and I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we meet and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay my respects to the elders past and present. As unionist comrades, we stand for one thing. We stand for everyone in this country to have opportunity, to make sure that they can have a decent standard of living so they have the opportunity to lead the life that they choose to lead. And indeed, they are included in our great society. And from a perspective at Unions New South Wales, we say the best way to achieve that is to make sure that everyone has access to jobs, rights and services. That's decent, well-paid, secure jobs, strong workplace rights, civil rights and political rights. And of course, quality public services. That's what's at, that's what's at stake. That's what we argue for day in, day out on behalf of working people in this country. Whatever the campaign is, whether it be against Tony Abbott, whether it be against Junior Reinhardt, whether it be against, on March the 28th, Mike Baird, we will keep reiterating that message. Jobs, rights, services. That's our motto. So in the context of that, let's look at the next challenge, which of course is March 28th and the election in two weeks' time, in case you weren't aware. Um, and what's at stake? Well, clearly, what is at stake is a government that wants to pursue an agenda of privatisation. That's their only answer for the uh, community services, the services that the people of this state need. Whether it be our electricity network, not for sale, whether it be our health system, whether it be our education system. And I want to take this opportunity, by the way, to thank the Teachers' Federation for the fantastic campaign they've run around the cuts to TAFE and the, and the introduction of private providers into TAFE. That is... As those of you out there who've been door knocking in the last couple of weeks know, when you talk to people, they're the two issues that crop up straight away, electricity and TAFE. And people do not like private providers coming into our TAFE system. So we're out there letting people know that it's not just electricity, but it's TAFE, it's education, it's community services, it's our public heritage here with these buildings right before us. That's what's at stake. And we're sending a clear message to everyone on March the 28th that they know what's at stake, that they understand what's at stake, that the future for this state, if the Liberals are re-elected, is one where it's run by business. That this city centre will be one where there's no sense of community, whether it be public housing that's going to be sold off down at Millers Point, or whether it's, whether it's our public education heritage right here before us. It will be sold off to business. Business will dominate. That's what's at stake. That's what's behind Mike Baird's privatisation agenda. Business sets the agenda 
and he, he implements it, and that's what we're fighting against. So on March 28th, we're saying very clearly a strong message to Mike Baird. Our electricity network is not for sale. Our health system, like the new proposal for a Northern Beaches hospital being run by the private sector, is not for sale. Our TAFE system is not for sale. Our disability services are not for sale. Our community services are not for sale. And our public education heritage is not for sale. Put the Liberals last. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. No list of speakers dedicated to the pursuit of social justice and environmental protection would be complete without our next speaker. It's my pleasure to introduce John Kay from the Greens. I too acknowledge that we're meeting on the land of the Gadigal. This is Aboriginal land, always has been, always will be. I was worried about being too political, but I think Mark got me off the hook on that one. I was going to be nice to the Baird government. Oh, come on, you teachers. <laughs> what I was going to say was you would never accuse them of a number of things. First thing you'd never accuse them of is being overly sensitive to symbolism. The symbolism of taking this, the very symbol, the very heart of a public education system that's created social justice and opportunity for all people in New South Wales for over 130 years, taking this very heart of public education, the heart of egalitarianism in our society, and converting it into a, a home of elitism, a location that only the high-end wealthy international tourists can access. Now, they weren't worried about that symbolism, probably because they wanted to cover up what they're doing to public education. The hollowing out of the expert services, the hollowing out of the consultants, the hollowing out of the critical support the public sector teachers have received for over 100 years from this building here gone, and now they want to convert that into a top-end tourism facility. Yay! You wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, accuse them of being overly concerned about the future. If you stand here and you look west, and you look north, and you look south, and you look east, in the next 15 years, there are going to be another quarter of a million young people of school age born and growing up. A quarter of a million new students. I don't want that quarter of a million students to go to private schools. I don't want them to go to Catholic schools. I want them to go to public schools. And I want there to be public education land. Now, it appears like Mr Baird hasn't learnt the lessons of history, hasn't learnt what happens when you sell off public education land, because sooner or later, people have babies. It's not a really hard thing to understand. They have babies. When those babies, those babies grow up and they need to go to school. And if nothing else, the very least this site becomes is the opportunity for an inner city high school. A high school that works for all students in the rim of the city and those who live in the city and those who live in the east. But you also wouldn't accuse them of being overly concerned about heritage. The idea that you can convert this building into one of these buildings over here and say, well, we've kind of protected the heritage, is just the words of a vandal. 
So I want to make it clear, I haven't accused the uh, bad government of anything today. I've been a good boy. <laughs> but I do say this. We stand at the crossroads for TAFE. We stand at the crossroads for electricity. We stand at the crossroads for disability services. We stand at the crossroads for public education. We stand at the crossroads for the children that you are educating and what kind of a future that they are going to inherit. And if there is one message, and if, if Joan and Gary will allow me to be political just for one minute, if there, of course, if there's just one message, it is this. When you vote on March 28, make sure you do put the Liberals last and make sure you put first those candidates that really care about public education and care about the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. On behalf of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, I'd like to thank each and every one of those speakers today for lending your voice to our cause to save this building. Um, thank you, each and every one of you. If you could give them another round of applause. I'd also like to acknowledge that we have with us today Sophie Kotsis, member of the Legislative Council of New South Wales, who is also here in support of this rally. Um, could I urge you now, thank you, thank you, Sophie. Could I urge you now to um, please do uh, your work in gathering as many petitions, signatures as you can. We're going to continue this campaign, as Joan has indicated, um, and we won't relent in trying to protect our heritage, protect the history of public education, and um, with all of those causes, all of those campaigns, we'll continue as we always do at the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Can I also thank, no campaign is one without community support without like-minded organisations banding together as we have seen demonstrated today. So together, we will continue to fight for social justice, for environmental protection, and all of those things that make a decent, democratic, civil society. Thank you. <laughs>